Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. My name is Jeffrey Morse. We have a very exciting show for you guys. It's going to be a sports-tastic show in honor of uh, the recent Super Bowl weekend that we just had here. And uh, joining me, as always, is Nathan Wagner. Nick Foles is the best quarterback of all time. Well, and Madden 18, he is the highest-ranked player now, so uh, he's earned it. He's earned it. Exactly. Oh, my God. Um, also joining us, of course, is the illustrious Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? Uh, Rob has just been crushed over the weekend. He's a big Tom Brady fan, so uh, we've got to yeah. console him lately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, um, but yeah. I we have never been more excited to watch the Patriots lose in the Super Bowl than I was this weekend. Only Tom Brady could lose a uh, Super Bowl with 500-plus yards, right? Yeah, it's um, true. It's true. But yeah, we have Just a fun because show. you couldn't catch a ball. <laughs> we have a fun show for you guys this week. And uh, we're talking a little football right now, but uh, the reason for that is we're going to actually be talking about uh, kind of the history of Mario sports games um, for our, our main segment. It's been a while since uh, we've kind of done a history segment and a, a kind of look back on uh, a series, and so we're going to be bringing you that today in our main segment. But before we do that, uh, we're going to jump into our news, and we have our giveaway announcement uh, last week, we announced that we would be giving away a Steam copy of the indie game Owlboy. Um, it's a really neat little pixel uh, platformer. It's actually coming out on the Switch, I believe, on this Thursday or next Thursday. Uh, February 13th, so I think a week from today, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. next so, Tuesday. So one week from today. Um, yeah, so we have a Steam copy we're giving away. We just asked for people to leave us an iTunes review. And uh, we have, I think, four views up on there right now. And so uh, this week's winner is Super Sensei. So uh, congratulations, Mr. Super Sensei. We are going to be DMing you uh, your game. And thank you so much for the review you left us on iTunes. And we uh, hope you enjoy the game. Be sure to tweet us uh, uh, your thoughts on on the game. Excited to hear uh, if you are enjoying the game or not. So congrats. Um, Please teach me. <laughs> so, Rob, uh, you have a little bit of news here on our next giveaway. We uh, we uh, are just going to be doing a lot of giveaways coming up here on the show. We think it's a lot of fun, and we love rewarding you, our listeners. So, uh, Rob. All right. So, we are going to be giving away Life is Strange Season 1. It is a Steam code, uh, once again. But it is... The entire first season. So if you've been like interested in hooking up, you know, getting into this new kind of crazy non-telltale storytelling game, this is the way to do it. And we'll be sending out a tweet here after the show that you can check out, answer a question, hit a reply, and you'll be able to have uh, be entered into a chance to win this game. So look for that on our Twitter at Hey Listen Games. Yep. Or, hey, listen, hey, listen underscore games. games. Yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah we, we've had been, a little uh, brain fart there. Been slowly kind of growing in followers lately, and so uh, it's good good to to build build that audience there. The more mm-hmm. more of you guys on there, the more we can you know chat with you guys. Um, yeah. I do want to give a shout out to uh, Nathan and Matt, uh, Teal Polk and uh, TK, a couple of our uh, Twitter friends we've made over Twitter. We did uh, the Salmon Run community event uh, this weekend and. Got a ton of really good games of Salmon Run in. You can actually watch the uh, the stream. It's on our uh, YouTube channel. Um, so just look on our Twitter. We have the links to that. But yeah, we had a we had a really good. I think we played for about an hour and a half. And we only failed, mm. I think, once. We we dominated. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah it was good because I hadn't played Salmon Run in like five months, and I was like, well, thanks for the carry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, th- th- those guys uh, know-, know what they're doing. So we had a really fun time with that. So. Anyways, um, moving on into our main news segment. Um, first piece of news here is the PlayStation 4 um, has officially kind of released the beta for the next console for more updates. So this is uh, PS4 version 5.50. Um, and so the beta started. I got into the last beta, but I haven't gotten a code to get into this beta. So a little bummed. But uh, basically, it adds uh, some cool features in. You can add custom wallpapers to your PS4's background. Uh, via USB, which is nice. Um, mm. The library has some nice updates, so you can find games more easily, and like which games you have downloaded and which ones you haven't. There's a category for just your PS Plus games, uh, which I think is kind of nice too. Finally, so you can, 
yeah, you can finally sort sort those games out of your normal library, which is cool. Um, you can hide like certain apps and stuff like that. Yeah, which would be really nice. I mean, finally, like I have like oh, the Destiny man. like uh, Destiny Two like beta and like the Overwatch beta and like all these old betas that are, are just cluttering up like my game library that I don't have downloaded. So you can or all get the demos those that you, you like download be- demos for a game or something and you just can't get rid of them. I keep going through, I'm like, yeah. what? I have this game. Why haven't I played? Oh, it's a demo. Yeah, and it does that for <laughs> for share play too. I think I like share played like Madden or 2K with you once, Nathan, and like so that's been forever in my game library ever since then. <laughs> I've yeah. never played it other than that 10-minute share play session we did. Um, yeah. So that is nice. Uh, welcome change there. Um, and then they're also adding playtime, which, you know, um, not a super big deal, but you can see you know, how long you're playing. They're adding in family accounts. So, like, you know, if you I have feel like... Will kid, you, so will you it can... show you, like actually all your hours like kind of like nintendo does like you you've played this game for 10 hours or 15 hours do you know or is it from, just like from what i saw you can set play it, it will show it will show you your play time for the day i'm not sure okay. if it's gonna have like your top played games your weekly most played your monthly like i don't know how deep it is but i do know you can at least see your daily play time and then you can also set play limits uh for different yeah. users like child accounts on your system which yeah. um, i just wish they standard would for hit- a while yeah, I wish they would hit the enable button to let you actually see your playtime, like how long you've played certain games and stuff like that. Because I know uh, every year, usually in January, they'll send out emails to some PS PlayStation subscribers and tell them like you played this many hours and what you call it, and this was your most played game, etc., yeah. etc. They have that. So they track somewhere. all that stuff. They just don't let you see it if you whenever you want, which is kind of frustrating. I mean, that'd be really cool if retroactively they told you, hey, your top five most played games, and you could look the stats that'd be pretty good pretty neat yeah um and then i think what is probably the kind of biggest update here at least for playstation 4 pro owners is that they are adding in super sampling um for all hd tvs if you own a playstation 4 pro so you know we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. on the show how the ps4 pro um doesn't really have i think a ton of value if you don't own a 4k tv um but this is basically saying hey even if a game doesn't do super sampling, um, you can super sample any, pretty much any PS4 game to make like a, basically a higher than 1080p image, and then it just kind of adjusts it to display on your 1080p TV. So basically, if you have a PlayStation 4 Pro, even if you don't have a 4K TV, your games will look better. You know, it's marginally better, but it is you know upgrading in a way the graphics of every PS4 game that you already own, which is I think well, that's pretty. Yeah, and that's really nice because um, obviously I think what prompted this was the Xbox One X launch last fall. Yeah, and it did that with every single game, no matter what it was. Is it yep. just automatically kind of super sampled everything and upres it? So I imagine this is kind of a reaction to that, and Sony being like, "Well, I guess we should do this." So yeah, it took sure. them a little while, mm-hmm. but well, like even I think Sony just put out the very first PlayStation Four Pro commercial, like. It was a terrible commercial, like really hokey and stuff, but like they haven't really even advertised this pro system really at all. And so like I feel like they're slowly kind of adding more features and you know maybe moving forward through this year it's going to be something that we see a little bit more of in their marketing and stuff cuz they haven't really um really pushed it a lot yet. So yeah. I mean, I think just with two things, one with how cheap it makes some of the bundles for the slim ps4 without Mm -hmm. the pro it just makes it so affordable for so many people and we saw that with i think sony announced they sold over 20 million console ps4 in 2017 which is the most in any calendar year so far so yeah they're obviously doing well doing well yeah (laughs) for sure (laughs) but uh yeah so let us know what you think of this ps4 update um the beta is now so i think the the main update will come out probably by the end of the month i'm i'm assuming so look for that on your playstation 4 soon um, next one here is kind of an interesting news piece because uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a movie here. And, uh, you know, video game movies, we get a bad rap a lot. Um, we made a lot of fun, you know, of the Assassin's Creed movie. Even Rob did, who's the biggest Assassin's Creed <laughs> fan in the world. Um, because, you know, video game movies typically bomb. They don't really make a lot of profit. They're usually not very good. Um, but Jumanji, which, yes, it is based on an old, you know, movie and book and board game and all that um but jumanji is the most successful in a way video game movie that's been released um if you're not familiar jumanji basically 
this new version that came out with The Rock. It uh, came out in December, and it's basically uh, four players get sucked, or four humans, high school students, get sucked into an old video game machine, and they uh, basically play through this video game of Jumanji and fight bosses, and they make jokes about like, cutscenes and like loading times and health bars, extra lives, special you know RPG skill trees and stuff. And um, I actually nice. saw this movie twice. I really, really liked it. I thought it was really clever with um, how they handled like kind of the video gamey aspects and um, kind of similar to Wreck-It Ralph. I think it was very successful in just the way that it wasn't based solely on one franchise. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. an adaption of a straight up video game, but they, you know, used inspiration from many different video games. And so, um, yeah, it's made over $352 million in the domestic box office, which to kind of put that in perspective, the number one highest grossing video game movie of all time is the original Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie. And that made about $130 million in domestic. So it's already um, almost triple the double that and, number. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so um, even Wreck-It Ralph, which, you know, is Disney and was a really uh, well-received movie and well-reviewed movie, uh, made about $190 million. And so, like, this Jumanji movie is making so, so much money. And it's basically kind of this widespread video game successful movie. So I just wanted to get your guys' kind of thoughts. And did you think that this movie would be that popular and be received so well? And do you think this is going to provide some inspiration for future kind of video gamey type movies? I feel like this isn't the rule though, because you know, movies like pixel have already done the, we're going to take a whole bunch of different video game franchise and make a movie out of it. And that bombed. Yes. (laughs) So like that's and the so, norm, right? They they bomb yeah, video game the I think it I think the one of the biggest successes for the reason I see it doing well is one, obviously they paid a lot of money to get some really good actors and comedians in it. So yeah. it was a funny movie. Hmm. And two, like they advertised it and marketed it just as basically a Hollywood blockbuster movie. Like sure, um obviously like if you know video games or you know the original Jumanji, people would be like, Okay. But they advertised it as just like this kind of funny, fun, like jungle movie that you would go see. So they weren't advertising specifically to a niche audience, like a certain video audience saying, hey, you need to go see this movie. They said, hey, everyone, it's Christmas time. You're home with your family. Go see a funny, fun um, ride along movie that, yes, is kind of based on a on a video game, but it it's meant for a much broader audience. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like Ratchet and Clank, hey, there's a movie from that old game that you like, and we have a new PS4 game coming out. Go see the movie, too. And it bombs. And like, the movie is Yeah, exactly. And... Or like Warcraft came out a couple years ago, and people were like, oh, oh maybe this, this, this movie will do well and be successful. And that wasn't the case. So No. I think it's just hard to. And I think you made a good point, Jeff, about how it is based on kind of something that's not, you know, they make a lot of video game jokes and stuff like that. But it's not based on like a real video game license and it's really hard to take a video game any kind of ip and turn it into a movie because you have like some fans will like like it and some fans won't like it because it's not like the game and it's not exactly the way they imagine it in their mind and so there's always going to be that issue when you're working directly with an ip Um, i'm really i'm actually interested to see how the new tomb raider movie does because it's yeah that's definitely (laughs) taking a ton of inspiration from that but it is adapting to video games so like i feel like a lot of fans are gonna you know, it's gonna be very divisive, but I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't, I don't, the, I'm, the I'm, I'm so betting on bombing. Been, we'll see. The trailers so far have looked pretty good, and I think they've been pretty well re- received. So it'll be interesting to see how it ends up. Yeah, doing that comes out in March, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, just a few months from now. Um, and I think they, I mean, you look, Tomb Raider is the highest-grossing video game adaptation movie. So, <laughs> I mean, even just. If people say, oh, I remember those old ones, and I saw that and liked it back then, maybe I'll like this new one. So, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, have to wait and see, I guess. But, yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see Jumanji? And uh, let us know if you guys enjoyed enjoyed that film as well. Yeah. Um, Wreck-It Ralph is my favorite video game movie. Wreck-It Ralph is pretty hard to top. <laughs> yeah. It's that pretty was, good. That was good because they have just lots of different pop culture references on top of all the video game references, too. Yep. But, yeah. Um, Anyways, moving on, uh, Nintendo Switch. We have some Nintendo Switch news here. Big surprise. Uh, Nathan, I'll let you go <laughs> ahead and uh, uh, talk about this one. So, like, I think the day after we recorded the episode last week, Nintendo decided to drop all their 
kind of financial earnings for the for the year of 2017. And they reported the big number is the Nintendo Switch um, from when it released March 3rd, 2017 till December 31st. So in all of 2017, the Switch sold 14.8 million cop. Uh, there was 14.8 million Switches sold, um, which has already passed the lifetime sales of the Wii U <laughs> in nine months compared to four years. This is crazy. I mean, it shows yeah. you not only how bad the Wii U bombed, but just how the Switch is just continuing to gain momentum and it's not slowing down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they sold, I think, in the uh, third quarter, which would technically be like October through December, they mm-hmm. sold seven-something million Switches just in that quarter wow. alone. Well, that's because is... Mario came out. Well, Mario came out, and that's kind of the Christmas period when everyone's buying Switches for their kids or whatnot. True, true. You know, it was a hot new toy. Like, that was the toy that Best Buy was advertising the most in their commercials and stuff this year. Yeah. Um, and people really knew about it. Like, people didn't know about the Wii U because of kind of the bad branding. And people who did know about it were like, I don't know what this is. It's not very good. I saw a story earlier today about how the Switch already has three times as many games as the Wii U did at yeah. this point in its life cycle. Well, you look at what at the killer apps for the Wii U, like going into that, you know, big holiday season a year after it came out, and it had, I think, Pikmin three and like nothing else really. <laughs> like yeah, Mario Kart like, Smash Lego and City Undercover Mario, and everything and else was pretty far and off. Zombie. And, you look Some at you. the Switch, well, and you ha- had Zelda at the launch, a bunch of other games in between, and then you launch the big, amazing, you know, arguably the greatest, one of the greatest Mario games ever made that sells 9 million copies. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to make a big difference, too. Well, and also yeah. just well, the I'm... fact that the Switch has also supported third parties a lot better than the Wii U has. The fact that we have Skyrim on the Switch, we're getting... You know, these Bethesda games on there. We're also getting um, some bigger franchises like Rockstar has put L.A. Noir on there. And, well, well, I mean, these are, game, these are games that the Wii U got so. passed over. I think I think the indie indie scene has played a big, support, a big part of the Switch's success, too. Like, not having the virtual console on there, I thought was a really dumb decision at, at first for Nintendo. But, I mean, they apparently know what they're doing because they have had so many great indies... And it's yeah. really made the Switch, I think, sell on, keep people invested in that system and checking the eShop all the time. And games like Stardew Valley and Darkest Dungeon and Rocket League are, like, always on the best, like, top five selling games of the week on the yeah. eShop, which is, I think, also a testament to that system well, as well. And I think it proves how smart Nintendo was um, because they launched the Switch in March and no, like, major video game console um, not including handhelds, have ever launched in that time period. Like, it always comes out during the holiday season. Yeah, but what it did was it gave Nintendo, one, they put it out with Zelda, and then it gave them time to put out these other great games throughout the year. So if you get the Switch in the fall, kind of when it you would traditionally maybe launch a console, there's already, like, five or six really great um, games out for it, as well as all the indie stuff that we were just talking about. Yeah. So there's so much to play versus... You know, even like the PS4 and Xbox One, they first came out, they launched in the fall, and there were some good third-party games on there, but you could also get those. (laughs) That's true. Hey, Knack is finally available on PlayStation Plus today. (laughs) You can get it. People have been asking for it for three years. It's finally there. Knack Um, and Rhyme. Um, I think the other interesting thing, like you mentioned, Jeff, is uh, Mario sold, Super Mario Odyssey sold 9 million copies, which is just insane attach rate. And then I mean, that came Mario, out at the end of October, so that's like yeah, what, in two months. That was in like two months. <laughs> and then the second best-selling Switch game is uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, 7.1 million. And then Zelda sold 6 point something million. But I was really surprised that Mario Kart 8, which is a port, sold, you know, 7 million copies. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I, that's it was just funny. I found insane. an old article um, back from the early Wii U year, uh, years that Polygon wrote. And they wrote how Mario Kart 8 is going to be the worst-selling Mario Kart game of all time. <laughs> and here we are later. They just added another, you know, 7, 8 million copies to the Mario Kart 8 total sales list by making it on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but yeah it's already... That didn't yep. well. But, uh... Yeah, Nintendo's doing really, really well. Obviously, I think this bodes well for the next year of the Switch. More and more developers, yeah. I think, want to start putting it, their games on here, obviously, because they're selling so well. And yeah. indie developers and tri- third parties and Nintendo I looks like gonna, they're going to support it as well. I think we're going to get more third-party support. Like, I don't think 
EA's going to skip out on Madden on the Switch this year. I think we're going to, you know, probably get like a something some more from Activision, like some Call of Duty type games and stuff like that. So as I, I think we're going to start yeah. seeing like the Wii, you know, the second or third year of the Wii, we started seeing all those third parties make a Wii version of all their big games. Um, you know, they were different. They weren't quite as powerful and stuff. They were optimized for the Wii, but just because of how well that system was doing, everyone wanted to be a part of it. And I think we'll start to see that with the Switch now. So pretty cool. Yes. Yep. Um, so our next piece of news is also Nintendo. Um, Nintendo announced a bunch of things randomly. They had, a, I think, an investor meeting, and they kind of put out that Nintendo Switch Online <laughs> apparently is finally going to launch in September of this year. Oh, so wow. that's like, what, eight, eight months from now, seven months from now? <laughs> seven months from now, yeah. <laughs> um, so they finally set a date. It's coming out in September, which means that is when we're going to officially start having to pay for the online Um we're going to get some type of this virtual console subscription service and who knows what else when that finally comes out. But uh, So that obviously means a new Nintendo game is coming in September, right? They got to launch it with some kind of online game because people aren't going to be like, there will be some, but most people aren't going to be like, well, I've been playing Splatoon 2 for a year and Mario Kart 8 for a year and a half, mm. and I'm totally going to pay for this to keep playing this game that I've put a ton of time into. Already. I mean, they have to. I mean, that would make the most logical sense. I mean, if only Nintendo had a really good online multiplayer series that fans have been clamoring for on the system, and you already have all the assets from an old Wii U version that you could easily port to Switch, and it started with Super Smash something. I mean, man, I... I I think you're getting confused with uh, Animal Crossing, the Animal Crossing... (laughs) HD assets they made for that Animal Crossing shop <laughs> channel they put on the Wii. No, I, oh. I think Smash is coming out with, with, with the, when this comes out. I mean, people are going to... They need something, and unless they have some other yeah. online series game that uh, I'm not thinking of. Smash, I think, is the obvious one here that they can put out. So, uh, what do you I guys think? I think that's the obvious... I, I mean, unless they throw out another Mario Party... Mario Party that's not, not be online. an online it's not game. Be online. Like yeah. Mario, the joy of Mario Party is right, yell, screaming at your friend and having him not talk to you for the rest of the night because he was so mad you stole his coin or his star or whatever yeah. it is. It's true. Um, I think Smash Bros is the obvious choice, but I kind of think it's going to be something else just because it's Nintendo and they'll put out some random thing that we're not expecting. So a new Doctor Mario online game. Smash Bros. <laughs> exactly. Uh. No, yeah, we'll, we'll have, to, have to wait and see, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so that's coming out in September. And then they also announced um, that they're making a Mario Kart mobile game. And that's coming in the uh, this next fiscal year. So sometime in the next year or so, um, we're going to get a Mario Kart mobile game, which I think makes Called Mario Kart sense. Tour? Yeah, I mean, with how uh, popular Mario Kart is, I mean, you just said that the second best-selling Switch game is a port of Mario Kart 8 on the Switch. So, like, making a mobile Mario Kart game. The brand recognition of Mario Kart, like, that's easy win for Nintendo. So that should be cool. Yep. Do you guys think it'll be uh, free-to-play, or do you think it'll be Cock Mario Run, where free-to-start, and then, you know, $5, $10 unlock for everything? Or do you think it's going to be evil it'll and be... tons of microtransactions everywhere? It'll be some kind of free-to-play, hopefully with not too many microtransactions, but just how much money they made off of, like, Fire Emblem Heroes and even Animal Crossing compared to the Super Mario Run. I think they'll probably... Make it something more like that versus the one time for ten dollar sure. or fifteen. Just getting that icon on everyone's phone. Like, if your kid grabs your phone and sees a Mario Kart icon, they're going to click that <laughs> that app yeah. and, and launch that. So, yeah, True. cool. Well, uh, I think we have one last news piece here that Rob wanted to chat about, being our our big Steam guy and uh, kind of tying in with the news story from last week. <clears throat> so last week we mentioned that Microsoft was talking about buying. EA and Valve and Steam and it's kind of reports of that happening. Oh, a bunch of other things that they were saying. We're going to buy all this stuff. I think it was rumors. And yeah, it was all rumors. Uh, Gabe Newell came out the other day and said, um, "I'm not aware of any Microsoft deal going down with Steam and Valve, so not <laughs> happening." I mean, that doesn't so necessarily mean it's not happening. Valve doesn't mean it's not happening. Like if it was happening, I'm sure he wouldn't be jumping up and down to tell everyone until they're ready to announce it but i think it was it was kind of a crazy rumor with how much money with how much money valve makes just off of steam 
they they don't need to be bought by Microsoft. See, the biggest thing about Microsoft buying Valve would be that it would do absolutely nothing for Valve, but it would actually help Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to see that happen anytime soon, but uh, hey, um, I don't know. It might be kind of cool to get all the old Halo games on Steam or something, I guess, right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, Steam um, has too many games already. <laughs> <laughs> That's I familiar. think it would just be cool to be able to play Steam from your Xbox One. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't even need an Xbox. Anyways, this is a whole... <laughs> I, hey, I would buy an Xbox. Rabbit hole. I think if I could play uh, play Steam games on it, I think that'd be pretty cool. Uh, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that ends our new segment. We're going to jump into our main segment for today. We're going to be looking back at the history of Mario sports games. Um, so as some of you may know... Um, I know Nathan and Rob um, and myself, all three of us, we kind of grew up playing a lot of the Mario sport games when they first kind of came out in their heyday in the N64 era. But we're actually going to start kind of back at the beginning and look at um, where these sports kind of got their unofficial starts. Um, So back in originally 1984, um, 1985 in in the States, uh, Nintendo put out NES Tennis, and then uh, NES Golf followed it that year. And these were two NES games that were part of the sports collection, developed by Nintendo. Um, and both of these games kind of had Mario cameos in it, because mm-hmm. the original tennis game had Mario as, like, the, the chair umpire. So, like, he was on the side of the court, like, calling, you know, faults and, um, you know, double faults and, you know, switch sides and all that kind of stuff. And technical fouls. Yeah, technical fouls, you know. Beyond Borg throwing his racket and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, the original tennis game, very simple. You could do singles or doubles play. You could play uh, two players on the NES, you know, if you had a friend. I think there was five levels of difficulty. Pretty simple um, game. You could play one-on-one. Uh, but, yeah, that was the original tennis game. Kind of had Mario in it. Um, and then the original golf game, you guys have heard me talk on the show a ton about it. This is, you know, my dad's one of my dad's favorite all-time games. Um, there were 18 holes of golf. You could do stroke play, which is uh, the winner at the end of 18 holes, whoever had the least amount of strokes. Or you could do match play, which was a each hole, whoever wins that hole gets like one point. And so it's more like a round-based scoring. Um, mm. And that one was two players and um, pretty simple, just 18 different holes. The wind was randomized every time you played, so that way it kind of kept kept the gameplay fresh. But... The cool thing about this old NES golf game is almost every golf game since NES golf has used like the same like kind of gameplay mechanic of having a bar where you push A two different times after you select your club and that determines your slice and your power. Um, so this game is kind of really iconic and just golf games today haven't really strayed very far from that same formula from 1984, which um, I think is really cool. Hey, if and, uh, it works, it works works and it was developed by nintendo right this yeah yeah both these games were were nintendo games uh but they didn't have the mario branding but like i said mario kind of made a cameo tennis and then the golfers in golf kind of looked like mario like they had a hat and a mustache that looked similar to to mario but um didn't have the overalls they were more of a standard golf outfit so i think nintendo just liked that mustachioed big nose Hat design. It was an <laughs> easy design to do on the NES when there wasn't a lot of bits available. Yeah, exactly. So um, I, I won't say that is Mario, but it definitely kind of looks like Mario. Um, however, uh, three years later, 1987, they released NES Open Tournament Golf, which was kind of like an indirect sequel to the original NES Golf. It came with five different courses around the world that had lots of different holes on them, so more levels. Um, and then the first game... Uh, it was the first game with Mario and Luigi as um, playable characters um, in a sports game. And so this one was kind of notable for, you know, it had Mario in this crazy red, white, and blue outfit that I know, Nathan, you really love using in Smash Bros. <laughs> American Mario. It's the best outfit. Yeah. <laughs> they even put it in uh, Mario Odyssey, this this outfit from this game. Um, and so, yeah, you could play as Mario and Luigi. I think Peach and Daisy uh, were like your caddies in the game. I think DK was was some type of weird story. Like he was like your accountant and like counted up your tournament winnings and stuff. So like they kind of, this is when they kind of started branching out. Like, hey, 
there's this Mario universe where all the characters go and do other things other than go on adventures. They play golf and stuff. Um, so that's, I think, kind of, in a way, the first kind of official Mario sports game. Um, but like I said, the Mario game wasn't in the title. Um, and then we kind of had nothing really for a while until um, Nintendo's most successful console came out. That's right. We're talking about the Virtual Boy. Nathan gave it a shout oh, out. Oh, man. Episode. Exactly. One of the 80 <laughs> top games on the Virtual Boy. Right, Nathan? That's what we talked about last week. Go back and <laughs> listen to the episode. Uh, but no, this was one of the four uh, launch games. I think one of only 12 total games that the Virtual Boy had. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't called Mario Tennis, which is what the series is known as today. But it was called Mario's, so apostrophe S, Mario's Tennis. And I actually own this game, and it's kind of, I think it's my one of my favorite, probably my second favorite uh, Virtual Boy game. It does the 3D really, really well. It kind of has, you know, camera back by your character and you could do singles or doubles um kind of had your weird spin-off characters like super mario kart had where he plays like donkey kong jr and i think koopa and stuff um i feel like seeing your where... second favorite virtual boy game <laughs> not saying a lot it's not a exact high praise <laughs> that's not a high praise uh no but it, it was a fun game for sure just it was all red and black and hurt your eyes after a while playing but and um, your posture this... and everything else and seizures. Yeah, and... But it was definitely a little deeper and had that kind of that Mario charm that the original tennis didn't. Like, NES yeah. tennis was just very standard. Oh, look, it's a tennis court like that you would see at US Open. This was like, had the Mario hills in the background, the clouds with the smiley faces, Lake of Two, and, yep. you know, fun music and stuff. So uh, definitely had that Nintendo charm in it. Um, interesting thing is they were planning to add multiplayer where you could hook up another Virtual Boy with a link cable. Um, but that ca- accessory never came out, and they just never did the multiplayer because Virtual Boy failed. So <laughs> we'll never get to play multiplayer on the Virtual Boy, sadly. Bad. Is but, this uh, where uh, Waluigi got his start? This no, game? no, Do yeah. Uh, that is actually Next Generation. Uh, going into the N64, Mario Tennis uh, came out, I believe it was in 2000, for the N64. And that was the debut of Waluigi. Nintendo hit this weird point where they're we're making the game, and they're like, all right, Mario has Luigi as his doubles partner if you do a doubles tournament. Who the crap are we going to put as Wario's doubles partner? Oh, let's make a Wario-esque version of Luigi. Oh, Waluigi, there we go. <laughs> and they put him in there. Oh, my goodness. Um, and I remember playing this game for the first time. I, like, I got it pretty soon after it came out as a kid. Um and I put it in. I'm just like watching the opening cutscene. And they have this little unveiling coming out of the shadows. This weird, lanky Waluigi guy. I'm just like, what is this guy? This is so amazing. Luigi has a rival. Um, and, you know, you guys know me. I'm a big Waluigi fan. So um, I, I love playing as Waluigi in this game. He he had a technique. And so he had a lot of like tricky shots. And um, he was really good at the net because he was tall. But um, at the N64 era, this really kind of cemented the official kind of the Mario sports franchise where after Mm -hmm. that 64 era, we saw lots of sequels and the series kind of kept that same branding of Mario tennis or Mario golf. Um, But uh, the cool thing about Mario tennis for N64 is you could actually cross over with the Game Boy Color version of the game because they also made a portable Game Boy Color version that had some RPG elements and some original characters. And you could actually import your characters into the N64 game and unlock like basically four bonus characters and like get extra experience points and like bring your character back and forth to level them up and get bonuses and play a special mode, um, which is kind of ahead of its time. This is, you know, Mm -hmm. 17 years ago. Like we didn't have portable versions of games hooking into console versions very often. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that's neat. I think um, Nintendo did this a couple of different times because um, I know for me personally, the Pokemon Stadium with the Pokemon Red crossover was kind of the big thing. Yeah, for as sure. As far as being able to take your Game Boy, um, so I didn't realize you could do it with the uh, the Game Boy Color version of Mario Golf or Mario Tennis. Excuse yeah, me. and that so that's pretty cool. That feature was also in the uh, Mario Golf for N64 as well. They had a Game Boy mm. Color version of Mario Golf. You could import your character and similar thing, you know, unlock some special courses and characters and get experience points. Um, so it had that same crossover because both Mario Golf and Mario Tennis were developed by Camelot. They had this partnership with Nintendo, and they just, both of those games 
are so solid. Those are almost kind of like the peak of those franchises. Those games are still very uh, well-loved and respected today, and uh, they just did a lot of things right. They got the gameplay um, down really, really well. Um, yeah. I know, I know Nathan I put and Rob, a... both you guys are huge fans of those games too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mario Golf, I put so much hours. Go-to character, baby Mario. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I liked uh, Donkey Kong because he would like his fist and you would just hit the ball with his fist. Oh yeah, which was really great. Yeah, um, he was the buff man. Yes, I think the the reason I I know I gravitated gravitated toward Mario Golf so much is because I was a little bit younger and it was cool to see these characters in a complete new new environment that I didn't think really was possible. They were doing they were playing. I have zero interest in golf. Like I didn't play <laughs> golf at all when I was a little kid. Yeah. I think I watched it like a little bit on TV one time. I was like, this is so boring. And so it took something that was super boring for me and made it entertaining because it had the Mario characters, but then it had all these different crazy power-ups they would do when they hit their shots. And then there were the different courses that um, kind of were based around obviously Mario levels and they each had kind of a zany twist to it. And so it made a ton yeah. of fun to play. So I spent a lot of time playing with my next door neighbor, actually. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about these games is they they do a good job of balancing kind of an arcadey feel and also kind of like a, a more realistic, uh, grounded gameplay. Like you can play, you know, on a standard, you know, tennis court or a standard golf course that's you know doesn't really offer too many twists. Or you can play, you know, kind of the more of the bizarre levels that have you know chain chomps and piranha plants popping out and you know question yeah. blocks that do special things. And so um, I think that's kind of the cool thing about these games is it kind of offers some different styles of play for sure. Um, so moving forward after, uh, the N64, uh, Mario and tennis, both of those, uh, series got sequels about four years later, uh, Mario power tennis on the GameCube, uh, which pretty much was more of the same, um, added some power shots. So each character had their own unique, um, like basically offensive shot that was really hard to mm-hmm. get and a defensive shot, which pretty much like would allow you to save the ball, um, from anywhere on the court. Um, so that was kind of the new mechanic of Mario Power Tennis. And then there was more mini games in there as well. They added in some more characters. Um, and Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, are very similar to the original Mario Golf. You know, just used updated character models, a few new features um, here and there. And there was uh, Game Boy Advance ports of these, both of these games too. And the cool thing was is Camelot developed both the console versions of these games again, and they also developed the handheld versions. And these handheld versions of these games weren't just like cheap ports. These these were brand new games built from the ground up that had original characters with a story mode. And they had pretty deep RPG mechanics where you would go through training, you know, get level up, experience points that you would uh, use to, you know, max out your character stats, get different gear. Um, and so these games had these really cool story modes that have kind of been missing ever since you know, 2004-ish when those Game Boy Advance games came out. But, uh, you know, Nintendo just announced new Mario Tennis Aces game is going to have some type of that story mode RPG in there. So I think that is definitely something that fans have been missing <laughs> uh, from this franchise that kind of started with those uh, Game Boy games, which is really cool. Yeah, it makes sense that it started on the Game Boy too because, you know, you could have a link cable and maybe play competitively with someone else. Mm-hmm. But the game it's primarily a single player device and so having a action for you to play through single player and give you that's a really neat that you know still isn't really implemented very well i think a lot of sports games struggle with how they do single player content so good on nintendo yeah that's a good point i mean when i think of most of my times playing mario tennis or mario golf it's usually with you know two three four other people playing multiplayer but those Game Boy versions, you, you gotta gotta have more single player stuff. That's that's a good point, mm-hmm. Nathan. Um, so, the Mario Tennis and Mario Golf games have gotten some more sequels since then. Um, not a lot of them have been super noteworthy, and so we're gonna spend kind of the rest of our time here today, kind of talking about some of the other sports Mario has branched out into since 2004. Um, of course, starting in 2005, there was actually three different Mario sports games that came out. The first one I'm just going to get out of the way real quickly was Mario DDR, which I don't think anyone expected. <laughs> but, Is that uh, a sports game? Well, I don't know. Do you consider <laughs> dancing kind of a sport? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a weird it's a Mario spinoff. It's it, kind of like it, Mario yeah. Kart. Like, I'm not talking about Mario Kart in this segment just because there's like 
you know, nine of them, and it's the whole kind of become series. its whole other thing. You know, it's, I mean, yeah, you could do different. you could do a whole other history lesson on just Mario Kart. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, they made a DDR version. I just thought I would throw that in as a free one. I played a little bit. It's hilarious. They put remixed Mario songs in there. Just seeing characters like Waluigi and Bowser do these ridiculous breakdancing moves is worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> so I will say that. <laughs> but uh, no, they actually released two really really good Mario sports games, 2005. Um, they made Mario Strikers and Mario Sluggers, which were two brand new sports for Mario. Strikers is basically Mario Soccer, um, and they basically took soccer and said, "Okay, how can we make this smaller, quicker, um, and crazier?" And so, you know, instead of I think soccer has eleven players, does that sound right to you guys? Yeah, real soccer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so they brought it down to five members. So you pick a team captain. You pick three uh, sidekicks, and then you have a goalie who's like a critter from Donkey Kong. Um, you can tell, tell how much Jeff knows about soccer. Well, <laughs> I'm just confirming. 11 Didn't you once right. comment on a soccer game in college? Commentate? Yes, I did. It was <laughs> uh, very, very interesting for all the people who were soccer fans. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but no, Mario Strikers is great. I, I played the Striker series a ton because... Um, it basically, like I said, pairs it down only five per team. And then the arenas are very, very small. You know, it doesn't take, you know, a minute or two to get the ball all the way across to the other team's goal. You're constantly getting shots on the goal. And basically the main mechanic is you are charging shots, uh, by holding down a button or just by passing the ball, the, the ball will change colors depending on what charge level it's at. And the more it's been charged, the, uh, faster the ball will go and the better chance you have to score. Um, and so it kind of made this really quick gameplay um, that was really, really fun. That game was received really well. And then uh, Mario Sluggers um, was really cool because it had a story mode. Like you think, what, a baseball game with like a Mario and a story mode? Uh, but you actually went through like kind of a world map and you would recruit different characters to join your team. Um, it had some mini games to play in there, but just this was really just a two-player one-on-one uh, Mario game. And both... Strikers and Sluggers were very deep mechanically. From the surface, they don't look like that way, but um, I can attest from personal experience and playing with friends and family that these games can be have a very, very high uh, skill ceiling for sure, which I think um, is what makes a lot of sport games um, very popular. You think, you know, like FIFA and Madden, there can be like elite status players in those games um, that can do just really crazy things. So. Um, do either of you guys play Strikers or Sluggers? I played Strikers, yeah. Um, actually, I think the first time I played it was with EF, I think in oh, nice. Norms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just remember it being super fun, um, kind of that that NBA Blitz, fast-paced, arcade type gameplay and everything else. But, yeah, I remember it being really challenging as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the be- one of the beauties of just the Mario sports game in general, like you said, Jeff, is... There are so like so many kind of more semi sports games. Like I play a lot of 2K, um, and they can mm-hmm. be really hard to get into, especially if you've never played a sports game. So if you give a controller yeah. to someone who's never played before, it can be really hard to pick up and kind of understand the different nuances. Versus Mario games, you know, they're pretty simpler, and you can have fun if you've never played a sports game before playing it. But like you said, if you get really into it, there are a lot of deep mechanics that will keep you coming back and keep playing. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and yeah. I think that's kind of the beauty. And that's you know kind of nintendo's mantra with mario games in general right like easy to pick yeah. up and play difficult to master right and so they did a really good job kind of intimate and implementing that into a lot of these mario sport games um and then uh three years later sequel for strikers and sluggers came out on the wii um super sluggers basically just added in a motion control then like a uh more like story mode stuff into that game and then uh, Strikers Charged um, added in online play. And this was actually kind of like the first real online game uh, for the That was the, the first Wii. online game for the Wii, I believe, because I remember yeah. reading about it and thinking about it and hearing about it just because of the online play. Yeah, so it was a big deal because the Wii had been out for about a year, but there wasn't really any online games. So this came out, had free online play. I think it was the first Nintendo game to have leaderboards as well. Like uh, every week would start like a new season on leaderboards and, I remember, you know, staying up late one night when the new season started, trying to get to the top of the leaderboard with my brother. Um, they added in, like, this really cool, like, battle armor costumes for the characters because, I mean, Mario Strikers is pretty violent. Like, you're you're smacking each other with hammers, yep. 
beating each other off cliffs and into electric fences, blowing each other up with bombs. So like, kind of had this really cool um, kind of armored feel to it. And then they added in super, uh, like basically super shots you could do with your character that you'd have to block with motion controls, which was kind of gimmicky. And uh, you know, if your friend wasn't very good at aiming with the Wiimote, uh, you could get a lot of cheap goals that way. Um, I think um, I think that was actually one of its strengths is it did a really good job of implementing motion controls in a way that yeah. wasn't too gimmicky where you were just kind of swinging around the whole time, but mm-hmm. you could use. Um, but it did it in kind of a fun way that you used occasionally. Yeah. yeah, especially for a sports game. Yeah, I think for general gameplay, I think you shook the to give a quick shake to the Wiimote to do a uh, tackle move. Yeah. And then you shake the nunchuck to switch items. But other than that, um, yeah, you're right. They they didn't use it too much or really force you to use it unless you were blocking uh, goals from a super move. But, uh, yeah, so those sequels came out in 2008. Um, here on out, uh, really, the Mario games have continued to put out a lot of different sequels. We've gotten, you know, some more versions of Mario Tennis, Mario Golf. Um, there is one Mario basketball game, though. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Mario yep. Hoops came out in 2006, and that is basically three-on-three gameplay. I was really excited reading about this, and then when I actually played it, I was very disappointed because this game was made by Square Enix. Like, why? It was made by Square? Yeah, Square Enix yeah. decided Random. they wanted to make a basketball game. They said, we thought, we think this would sell better if it had Mario in it. So they approached Nintendo, and they said, sure, you can put Mario in there. And, and so this is a game that actually has a crossover between Mario and Final Fantasy characters. So, like, there's, like, Moogles oh. and... All these other Final Fantasy characters that I don't even know how to pronounce because I don't play Final Fantasy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, kind of this just really short 3D, uh, three-on-three gameplay. It was for the original DS, so, like, those 3D graphics were super rudimentary. So <laughs> looks looks a little wonky, was especially it if you like try to a, play it today. Was it from, like, a side view, do you know? Or was it kind of like no, a No, it was kind of like an over-the-head, um, kind okay. of over-the-head cam. Uh, basically, the camera, I think, yeah. was half-court, and it was, like, half-court basketball. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, yeah, it was very interesting. It was all pretty much touchscreen controls, too. So it felt felt a little Gosh. strange to control and stuff. Didn't sell super well, which I think is why they haven't really done another Mario basketball game since. Um, yeah. They've made a couple Mario sports mixes with a couple different sports minigames. Uh, they did one for the, for the 3DS. They did one for the Wii. And basketball, I think, has kind of made a return in those as kind of a smaller side game. But we haven't really gotten a mainline uh, console mario basketball game yet so um We're i don't know about you guys one. but i think i think if done right i think that could be really cool maybe have the strikers team uh work on that but uh, there is a mario and Luigi and peach cameo in nba street volume 2 for the gamecube you can play as mario characters against lebron and kobe and all these other characters in real life and it looks <laughs> really really weird <laughs> uh, it's awesome though yeah it is it's pretty cool but Basically, the last um, series I wanted to talk about here today is 2008, the Olympic Games, just around the corner. I believe it was uh, Beijing, 2008. And Sega, a little old Sega, old competitor of Nintendo, decided, hey, we're going to make a, we want to make an Olympic game. They got official tie-in permissions. They got the license. And they were making this game, and they said, hey, Nintendo, uh, we think this game would be more successful if it had Mario in it. We have Sonic in it. Do you want to have Mario and Sonic? Because like, we used to be rivals. We think it'd be fun, like a good marketing tool. The Nintendo said, sure, why not? And boom, Olympic video games were basically born. Like Every two years <laughs> since then, they have put out a Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. And many other Olympic games have kind of come following the success of this because the original Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games in 2008 sold amazingly well like it got so much attention yeah it had john williams like orchestrating themes that's amazing like cg cutscenes, tons of different events gameplay eh, it was okay <laughs> but it was, it was like kind of gimmicky it was it was as... definitely very gimmicky kind of you know like a lot of wii games were back then yeah yeah but i i think just the marketing and the idea was really cool because i remember like reading a nintendo powered and the kind of the tagline for it was now, for the first time ever, see who's actually faster, Mario <laughs> or Sonic. And they're like, as if that's a question. <laughs> totally lean. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you know, they totally leaned into that kind of fanboyism from back in, like, the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. and did a really smart job of kind of marketing and saying, hey, you know what? Buy in. And 
I think I even bought this game. Really? I, yeah, I think so. Um, and I think my oh, brother ended it. up with my copy <laughs> of it. Um, but it was a just kind of a really cool game. It was fun to play with, um, hmm. kind of with a a good group of friends. I'd say. Yeah, uh, de- definitely a party too. game that was yeah. fun to do multiplayer. There's <laughs> lots of different random events you could do um, in that series. But yeah, it's just kind of weird because. I could be Sonic and you could be Mario and you could totally you could be Wario for heaven's sake or Bowser and you could beat Sonic in a hundred yard dash like because yeah, honestly it's just based on somewhat like, balance the game. But, yeah. I think it would main like if they made a new one, I would main Bowser just on everything, every event. <laughs> I, I usually main Waluigi just because it's hilarious seeing that weird stick figure of his do all these <laughs> athletic things. I just want to see Bowser do the figure skating. Oh uh, yeah, no yeah, you can find I think YouTube videos. There was a... There was a Wii U one, I think, where you could do figure skating. Well, there was a Winter Olympics, Olympics one. There was a Winter Olympics one. Yeah. That yeah. came out in, yeah, uh, so they made this like, one 10 in or something like that. Yeah. They did a 2010 Olympic Games, 2012, 2014. They did a 2016 even on the Wii U. Nothing hasn't been announced yet for 2018 one. The There's no 2018 week, one. So I think they finally think, uh... hit the fatigue on, on the Olympic game tie-ins. But, uh, yeah, that one was I don't know, because Mario was used that the olympics the next olympics was in japan yeah no 2020 they'll do something for sure so they have to do something in 2020 yeah i think uh kind of wrap up this conversation i think one of the things that shows is that when nintendo really focuses on one sport or thing at a time and Mm -hmm. can get really deep into it they do a really good job of making a fun accessible sports game that's fun for both people who are new and people who are more veteran um, but when they have kind of like a more of a compilation like Mario and Sonic or like the 3DS, like five sport Mario sports game they released mm-hmm. last year, it's a lot harder to, to make any of those interesting or fun. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, you know, here's to hoping, you know, Camelot made the original Mario tennis and golf games. Um, they're making the new Mario tennis aces. So uh, hopefully, you know, they capture some of that lightning in the bottle that they had back then. And um, that next uh, game in that series turns out if well. you so if you could have them make any sport that they haven't done yet what would you guys choose um oh. nintendo uh, i mean they've done basketball but not but, really so okay, i'd want yeah. like a full-on like new version of like nba jam arcade type style gameplay uh two on two uh mario like arcade basketball game i think that'd be amazing i think that's a good idea but i also really want like going off of that one, I want a football game. Something like Mutant <clears throat> League football, or yeah, like you have Goombas and uh, <laughs> Chain Chomps and everything. No, arms. <laughs> no, that's the that's the it's whole like beauty tales, of it. Just, just yeah, it the... could be like the Mies or something like that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah actually, exactly. Can I change my answer? I want to do hockey. I sure. think a Mario hockey, hockey. game. I know, that was like, actually the other one I was thinking about. It was like 4 on 4 hockey, kind of like the old NHL hits games. Yeah. Um, kind of like Mario Strikers type gameplay, very quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, lot, lots of like uh, different hits and items and crazy super shots you could do. I think that'd be fun. I'd play that. Yeah. Cool. I think I'm going to go for, I would. I want them to do like a really good Mario snowboarding game. That would mm-hmm. be like really deep and super um but super arcadey where you could do lots of different cool combos and each character would have kind of their own unique powers. Like maybe you could go through, go underground or something with some of them. Oh yeah. I think it's a sex type of crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But with kind of the Mario franchise thrown in there and all the different stuff that that brings. I'll be honest. I'd play all four of those games, basketball, (laughs) hockey, football, and don't, snowboarding. Don't make a sports mix with all of them together because they'll all be crappy. <laughs> they'll all be terrible. you got to make one yeah, at a time. Do. Yeah, then we'll give you $200 to buy all four of them at full price. Um, <laughs> all right, so that is the history of uh, Mario Sports uh, games. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Maybe you learned, uh, learned a thing or two as well. Um, let us know on Twitter, what is your favorite Mario Sports title? I know there's a lot, lot of games there. Hard to choose just one, but uh, love to hear what you think. All right, we're going to end the show uh, with what we're playing, as we always like to do. Rob, I'm guessing you've played something other than Horizon Zero Dawn finally. Please share. Nope, just Horizon Zero Dawn. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Didn't I, you beat I, it. I did. I actually did go back um, right after the show. I had a little bit of extra time last week, and I, uh, after we recorded the show, um, I 
went and played that last mission that I had left on it, beat the mission, and then said, all right, moving on to something else. So I played a couple of Steam games. Um, 12 is better than 6, which is that top-down uh, Westerns shooter game. Oh, yeah, that one looks super, really cool. It's super arcadey. Yeah, it's super fun. I'm really enjoying it. I actually really want to keep going in it, and it's no, the story's okay. It's not great, but the gameplay is pretty fun and challenging. So that's kind of it's it's exciting. You have to have to think about what ammo you have and everything. It's great. Um, I played a Steam game, uh, just continuing in my alphabet. Uh, it's called Bit Trip Runner Two. It actually has a very long, long tile. Oh, beyond I, just that dude yeah, i that love that fun. game that game is so fun that's like I, one of the first downloadable games i ever bought <laughs> yeah it was it's pretty fun i mean it's basically the the premise is it's a side-scrolling uh you know kind of pseudo 3d uh running game former but it's auto running auto running um you you get extra moves in the second one here so the first one is basically just run and jump I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And the this one, you get things like you can slide, there's a punch, there's a you know a couple of, of other moves that you can do that you unlock as you go through the game. Um, you can dance. The dancing is the best part. Well, they, they completely <laughs> changed the art points. style, too, from the original. The original yeah, one was yeah. all pixel-based, almost like an old Commodore 64 game. And this is you know more yep. modern, kind of 3D side-scrolling graphics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was pretty fun. I played it for about 30 minutes and then got to a level that I couldn't beat and <laughs> said, well, that was fun for the time being. And probably, I don't know if I'll ever go back to it. it. It would be kind of a fun game to do if you have nothing else to play. Yeah. Just see if you can play a few more levels. Um, but it wasn't like necessarily a drawback. Yeah. Narrated by Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario. Yeah. So, which is exactly. a good choice. Good choice. The voice acting is actually pretty surprising, considering that it's a auto run platformer game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but, Runner Three um, uh, got announced last year coming to Switch. Uh, I think it was supposed to come out end of last year. I think it got delayed. So uh, we're gonna see yeah, that probably. come out on the Switch soon here. So that'd be fun. Um, and then my brothers were in town this weekend, and they brought with them, as they typically like to do, their Nintendo sixty four. Yes. Um, my brothers and I, I, if you go back and listen to our first episode, I talked about how my <laughs> brothers and I, we grew up playing 64 yeah. together, and we always had super intense competitions. Um, we were either watching each other play, playing with each other, or playing against each other, just depending on the game. Oh, you broke, broke up a little bit there, um, Rob. <laughs> I'm guessing you guys played Mario Kart 64, though. Yes. <laughs> and we played it a lot. Uh, some battles, some races. Uh, played some GoldenEye 007. Um, Did you win? Bro- my brother, one of my brothers, uh, my middle, the one that's just younger than I am, is awesome at video games. And so he kicked my butt up and down. <laughs> Wait, you're no longer the GoldenEye champion since you last played it with me? Um, I'm still better than you <laughs> and i came in second place the only thing i have to say about that game is it is very hard to go back to after playing modern shooters it, it is so very awkward. hard i kept trying to do like the jump like you know in halo you can jump and you know aim and shoot while you're jumping and everything or like yeah. i cannot do it auto aim doesn't exist yeah thank you halo for <laughs> making shooters feel good <laughs> um, since then. it was hard I did do better than my other two brothers, but my younger brother, next one down, he basically just wiped the floor with me. Nice. Which isn't Anything too else? much, isn't too hard to say. And then I also played Mario Party 2, which was super fun. One of the uh, best. Super challenging. Best Mario Party. We played on the uh, the Mystery World, um, oh, which was super the, fun. Oh, with the Safari outfits? Yep. Nice. Super fun. Um <laughs> I had terrible luck, but hit a couple of hidden block stars. And <laughs> that's not terrible luck. Out. That's good luck. What are you Did you about? win at the end? I pulled out the victory right <laughs> at the end. I was like in last place for the first ten turns, and then just slowly snuck up to third, and then kind of got up into second about five rounds before the end, and then pulled into first in the last round or two. And that's you had terrible victory. luck if you got the random hidden block stars. That's the best. No, luck I you had could terrible have. luck. I had terrible luck till the very like till about ten turns in. 
And it was like, I started with really bad luck and just kind of turned it around and brought it back and pulled out the victory in the end, uh, right in my brother's classic face. Classic Mario Party. Like, boom. Hey, we classic like you. Party. Here, have a random star for landing on a space and doing nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, I actually played uh, a new game this week. Um, well, I guess not new, new, but uh, I think it came out uh, in December for the Switch. And it's called uh, Super Beat Sports. And this game is actually developed by uh, Harmonix, which uh, you guys know who what Harmonix did, right? Oh, yeah. They uh, do all the music games. Yeah, Rock Band, yeah. Or Rock Band, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're the big Rock Band developers. And uh, this is basically a smaller um, downloadable title. It's only 15 bucks on the Switch. And uh, it's um, a lot of fun. It's got only about five different like kind of mini-games in it. Which I was kind of skeptical at first. I'm like, wait, I'm gonna pay this whole game just for like five different like games or five different songs. But uh, three of the different sports that you play have over, I think, about 20 different songs and levels. And basically, with each song, it changes the complexity, it changes uh, the rhythms, and adds new gameplay elements that make it um, more difficult. And then you're getting basically rating at the end of each level and there's a really cool progression loop where you're unlocking new gear for your character and uh every song like totally sounds very different and so i'm actually kind of surprised that there's actually a lot of a lot of different variety um in the game as you play and then there's um you can play all those with one or two players and then there's too many games that they added in that uh have just like they're just multiplayer like kind of battle type games and you can play those with up to four players and i actually played it with four players this weekend uh, with, with my family in town and we just were laughing at how hysterical it was because like when you make a mistake in this game it's so obvious because like your character like flails and your other characters kind of like laugh at them and like you <laughs> totally throw off the beat of everything and so like it's basically just you're just pushing like A so like you're doing mini games just pushing A to hit a baseball or do these other different uh, actions but very very simplistic gameplay but it's all to a rhythm I'd kind of compare it to Rhythm Heaven. Uh, Nathan, I know you played a little Rhythm Heaven with me once. Mm. So it's very yep. similar to that, where it's playing different okay. kind of crazy songs. Things are bouncing off walls. There's little alien characters. and um, Very, very, very cute. Yeah, the characters are adorable in it. So, um, yeah, I'm really really enjoying my, nice. my time with it. I'm excited. I think it would be a fun game for the, the three of us uh, to all play sometime. It's it's a really oh, fun local, yeah. local multiplayer game. Cool. Um, Nice. Yeah, and actually just got an update too. They added like I think nine new songs into it for free, and so looks like they're gonna keep supporting that game with free updates, which is pretty cool as well. But yeah, yeah that's, that's impressive for a downloadable title. Yeah, only only fifteen bucks. Like I really really love Rhythm Heaven, and that has a lot more to do. That was on my 3ds. I got the Mega Mix, but I think it was thirty or forty bucks. So like for its price, it's actually um, a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I love rhythm games, so um, pretty cool. Um, other than that, Sweet. I just played some iron banner destiny 2 was uh the multiplayer week was going on and played a lot of that with some friends of the show felt good to kind of get back into that and uh, try to get some of the armor and stuff i completed the armor set of my titan character i finished the story with my titan finally with uh mrs wagner uh she needed some help <laughs> with that final boss fight <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was fun but yeah, you addicted so... my wife to destiny 2 like she's been playing every night the last five nights <laughs> oh my gosh so... Uh oh. Well, I guess I guess we're all gonna have to start playing Destiny two again. No, that, that, Destiny two is slowly getting better. They're making a lot of changes. They put a roadmap up of uh, lots of the different updates and changes they're doing. So mm. I, I'm glad that that trajectory tra- trajectory in that game is um, looking looking upward, which is good. Um, but yeah, other than that, I haven't really been been playing a ton. I'm gonna talk more about. Uh, SteamWorld Dig next week. I've restarted that game on the Switch. Um, Image World or Image Form Games gave us a uh, a copy of that game to play through, and so I'll be sharing more impressions on that next week. But yeah, only nine ninety nine on the eShop. So if you like SteamWorld Dig two, uh, definitely check that out. The original game is on the eShop. So yeah, sweet, cool. Well, yes. I uh, I haven't I I've played a fair amount of different games this, this last week but nothing new so i wanted to talk about actually a book i read this weekend um what? i got I, I picked up the book uh blood sweat and pixels which is written by uh jason schreier who's a editor at the at kotaku and he basically uh this book came out last september i believe so it's not even a year old yet um but basically in the book what he does is there's 10 chapters in the book 
and each chapter is about a different video game. And so he went around and interviewed developers and people who worked on uh, all of these different video games and kind of told the behind the scenes story of making the game, like what that process was like, what went into it. Um, it was so interesting. Um, some of the chapters in there, um, there's a chapter on Uncharted 4, which was really cool. Oh, wow. um, so nice. he went in and talked about, um, like, it was really interesting because Uncharted 4 actually, like, about halfway through, like, the director left and they kind of had to reboot everything. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. If you've played the game, uh, the main villain is Rafe. And uh, originally he was going to be vo- voiced by Alan Tudyk and they actually didn't <laughs> want him to voice it and wow. what? <laughs> wanted somebody else. Yeah, I know. I was like, wow, that's shocking. Crazy. Like, um, who wouldn't want Alan Tudyk <laughs> to voice any character? Oh, yeah, so like, exactly. Like they had, he had come in and recorded a bunch of lines and stuff like that, and they wow, ended up so throwing they all that changed out. Changed it pretty late, huh? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, so that was re- really, really fascinating. Uh, there's a chapter on Stardew Valley, which um, just kind of crazy because it just talks about how this one guy made this, spent like four years making this entire game. Like he originally was yeah. like, oh, I'll make it in like three months and then put it out and then be done with it. <laughs> Yeah, so that, su- um, such a cool story. That's so. So you really liking it? Have you finished it yet? Are you recommended? Yeah, it I, I actually I finished it. I've read read the entire book in this last weekend. Um, the other chapters, I think Jeff, you would appreciate. There's a chapter on Shovel Knight, which is really good. Ooh, yeah. Um, which is fascinating. There's a chapter on Destiny and kind of a bunch Ooh. of the problems that Bungie yeah. had developing it. Uh, gosh, the story in that game, like, it <laughs> makes total sense why the story was so yeah. bad because it talks about how they kind of chopped the the entire thing up so That's yeah cool. and the last chapters is actually on star wars 1313 which oh, never oh yeah the star wars uncharted so, game that we will never get yeah yeah so it's, it's kind of sad but it's, it's really really fascinating I'm really really i picked it up um you can get it on amazon for i think if you have prime like 10 bucks um if not you can find it probably in a bookstore for like 15 bucks so okay. totally worth it in my opinion check it out that's awesome that's, that's good to hear it's kind of been on my, on my radar because um, I followed a lot of his Jason Schreier's articles, and he's such a great writer. So that's yeah, he's that's a great, great writer that uh, translates well to the book as well. So oh, that's cool. There you go. We're now the Hey Listen uh, Bookcast. Uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some recommendations for you. But anyways, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hey Listen underscore Games. We're going to be giving away a copy of Life is Strange. We'd love for you to enter in that, and we will leave you with the tournament match theme from Mario Tennis on the N64. Have a great week, everyone. Peace. See ya.